0: This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, folks. Thanks so much for joining me today on Mindful Medicine. And we have a big treat. Um, The episode title, I'm going to come out with that right now, is called Kitchen Intuition. And what do we do here on Mindful Medicine? My hope is just that we can talk about subjects in a way where you can sort of slow down enough with our you know somewhat crazy and fast-paced world at times and use your mind again to go huh does that sound too good to be true or you know that doesn't sound very good for me although there's you know a lot of hype around it right now or gosh that's something i really w- am interested in it resonates with me i want to try so you can use your own mind well i have the lovely Devon sisson she is a self-taught chef and a self-declared foodie extraordinaire who teaches you how to cultivate a mindful approach to eating. Guess what else? Getting acquainted with your body's nutritional needs. We all have confusion around that. Your palate's likes and dislikes. I know I'm kind of all over the place with that. And the emotional elements that shape your cravings and deep satisfactions with meals. Oh my gosh. Devin, I want to bring you on right now and let's start talking about this. I'm so happy
1: to be here. And this is all this stuff is so right up my alley and I'm really excited to be able to to talk with you about this and share
0: this with your listeners. Well, I am so happy that you're here. And okay, I'm just going to get it out there. Your last name. You are the daughter of of Mark Sisson. <laughs> yes, Mark Sisson. So the best-selling author of The Primal Blueprint, uh, very, very popular. And he, of course, publishes um, Mark, Mark's Daily Apple, uh, dot com, uh and blogs a lot on paleo primal health and ancestral health Um, but you know what so so your dad was an influence but you've got your own thing going this is amazing tell me more about how you got into this absolutely and I kind of think it's funny because
1: at times I see what he posts on social media or when I read some of his blog posts and he tends to use the word intuition now and Uh I sort of had a bone to pick with him the other day because I didn't get any credit for it and I hadn't ever heard that word come out of his mouth before um, uh-huh. But I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be rubbing off on him in in the same way that he has on me my entire life. But just a, a little backstory. Uh, you know, I grew up in a household with two very fit, attractive, health conscious parents. Uh, my dad being in sort of an athlete, a trainer, a coach, and now a blogger and developing these avocado oil products. This line of um. Collagen protein and bars and things like that, but I've always been around health and nutrition, whether it's friends and family or just going to expos and shows with him. Um, I've always had this kind of lifestyle, and growing up around it gave me the opportunity to just sort of watch my parents walk the talk, well, as I like to put it, run the talk. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was it was an inter- it was interesting for me going from college or sorry, high school to college and sort of figuring out my own path and actually starting to ask myself, was I making these food and lifestyle choices because they were right for me or because I thought that that's how I should live because that's how they lived? So that's sort of when I started to question and explore on my own, which really right after high school, when I moved away from home, was living on my own, grocery shopping for myself, starting to make food and lifestyle choices um,
0: that were no longer guided by mom and dad. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, and I want to talk about this, because I think that it's, I think it's actually increasing in its, uh, its presence in our modern society. But, you know, you say that you, uh, you developed orthorexia. Tell my listeners what that is.
1: So from what I understand it and how I experienced it was more so looking back on it than actually feeling as though I was in it. But um for me it was just a, an extreme hyper awareness around food and a lot of anxiety actually around the things I was putting in my body and growing up in this in this industry and around all of this information, there was a point in time where based on what I read in the on blogs or books or papers or saw on television or heard from my own family, everything was poisonous. Everything was right. scary. And, you know, I could no longer, you know, I couldn't really survive on kale all day long. So, but even <laughs> that was like starting to affect my digestion. And I just started to fear food. And the experience of eating was no longer a pleasure. It was not um, any anything I enjoyed or looked forward to. Instead, it was just something I constantly feared. And, you judged myself for. Uh, it was definitely a source of, of guilt, and it was just the orthorexia, the way I understand it was just an overload of information and an unwillingness to trust my own body and right. what was feeling right for me, given the the vast array of information that's, that's available right now.
0: Right. That's so amazing. And I have to tell you, in my practice, I have come across this in the last couple of years, More than i had anticipated and people and i think it's true there's so much information out there people get confused and they get scared of food um and then they have that they they don't they cut off that ability and i think this this is what my show is all about this this whole mindful how can we bring that back in because i have to chuckle i'm going to pull myself out and call myself out here um when i was in my formative years uh i i had eaten every single way possible i promise you um i was a vegetarian growing up a vegan vegetarian and that was simply and i'll tell you why because I had a crush on my track coach, who was, and so <laughs> that was, you know, that was the reason there. Okay. So then, then, um, uh, that lasted for a long time. And then I got into, I was into macrobiotic eating and I was sort of just, I would try all of these things. And that was lovely when I was doing, but I was still sort of this vegan vegetarian. I actually met Dr. Peter, Peter Diadamo uh, early years of school, and um, was introduced to the blood type diet. When I was a student, I thought, I want to do everything that I'm ever going to ask my patients to do, if I'm going to ask my patients to do something. I want to try it. I want to see what it feels like. If, I, if I'm going to do this test, I, that was sort of, I just wanted to be able to experience. Now, certainly, as I've grown, you know, having um, d- developed some health issues, it made me more of a compassionate practitioner. I didn't want to start doing that willingly, but, um, but that has happened, too. But I wanted to go through these things. So I actually went on a blood type diet. I'm typo, so it was much more ketogenic, less grains, and it changed my life. I um, within I did it. I promised myself I would do it for a, a, a month, just avoiding my avoid foods, quote unquote, eating more off my beneficial, and I lost like eight pounds without trying. I like fit in my skin. I I was back on a sleep wake cycle that I was proud of, and all of these changes happened to me um that i hadn't you know i didn't know that so the way that i was eating thinking that i was nourishing myself well it wasn't that way at all and so but i have to tell you as a result of that um, and then of course i use different modalities and different sort of dietary influences in my practice um for people and have had great clinical success but to this day i don't know honestly Devin, if I don't like something, quote unquote, or if I just remember that it's on my avoid list for being a type O blood type, that is how confused I've gotten.
1: I'm so glad that you say that, and it's funny because before you even started that piece, I had this thought about the blood type diet because I too, um, I did, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I basically studied from my own lens all of these different diets and lifestyles and also chose to try everything, uh, that I was going to be suggesting to other people or willing to write about or just experiencing and trying out for myself. But, uh, my boyfriend swears by the blood type diet. He is also type O and he swears by it. I even, you know, when we first started dating, I would sneak, sneak things in that didn't belong on his food list <laughs> just because I didn't buy it. And he would break out or he would tell me that he had a stomach ache and I just would scratch my head kind of like, Oh, I I wonder why I'm not, I have no (laughs) idea. But, um, he was to say, I don't do that anymore. However, you know, my dad sort of laughed at that way of living, but it it totally works for my boyfriend and he feels very clear inside about it. And he's very true to it and it still allows him to enjoy food and nourish his body. And he feels good all the time. However, I spent, you know, six to nine months being pretty religious about it. I am blood type A, so after living, you know, paleo, primal, high fat, low carb, no grain, um, right. lots of meat for the last five years, blood type A is lots of grains, little, little legumes, um, little to no fat, little to no animal protein. So I completely changed my diet. I lost a lot of weight, but I. Didn't get my period for nine months. Um, I wasn't sleeping at night. I had no sex drive. My skin was a little wonky. My digestion was totally off. And everyone around me kind of said, you know, you're going to need to probably make some different food choices. But I was so committed to the blood type diet because I'd seen how well it worked for my boyfriend, and thought like, I want, you know, I want to look like my best self as he does. So to this day, I do still think about those things do I not like X, Y, and Z is X, Y, and Z difficult for me to digest or am I still associating it with my, my bad
0: food list? I, I, right. I'm still happy to hear that you share that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So get into this. How do you, you know, how do you help people, um, sort of bridge that gap going from, from what they've known and what they might be, uh, afraid of because of that knowledge and to, to, to eating more into their intuition? So this is
1: a question I get asked very often, whether it's from uh, a mama or a wife, a practitioner, a doctor, and everyone tends to ask me, so here's where I am, what's the first step? And I decided to actually start a blog post on it this morning. And what's really become clear to me is that there is no for sure first step for everybody. Throughout your, your life and how you're enjoying food, how you're nourishing your body and your relationships. If you can pick out something that feels good for you, for me, that was cooking, and that's how the cookbook started. Cooking is what felt freeing, what felt comfortable, what felt good, what made me feel happy inside. Um, for some people, that's meditation or walks on the beach or eating with friends or listening to music, eating a certain food. You know, ice cream doesn't count, but um, finding those moments throughout your day, throughout your habits your life, your week, your job, your relationship, finding those moments that really feel calming, that feel powerful, that feel creative. There is a, If you tune in, there is a part of your day that feels good. And if you can identify what that is, honestly, my first step is spend more time doing that. Spend more time yeah. in that that good feeling, that place of wisdom, that place of knowing and creativity and love. Spend more time doing that. Again, for me, it was being in the kitchen. The more time you spend in that good feeling, the wisdom will come through. You will know what to do next. It's about sort of quieting the mind and just allowing whatever's present already within you to come forward. And we can't do that when we're anxious and judgmental and busy and loud. It really comes in those moments of just like inner peace. And sometimes they're few and far between throughout the day or even throughout the week. But identifying those for yourself and doing more of that honesty is the best first step
0: yeah being present I love it I think I think that's great you know you've answered a question for me and sort of me scratching my head about my life um I focus on my family quite a bit and sometimes a little bit at the expense of myself I think but then I go back to why can't I one of the things that I do is I love to cook in the morning even if it's even if and sometimes I do do intermittent fasting so I won't eat until 10 o'clock right so um I'm getting lunches and, and, and meals pre- and breakfast is prepared in the morning. Um, and everybody's quite capable of doing it themselves. But I enjoy it so much. I enjoy like cooking food. I enjoy making the food that we utilize and not wasting it. I enjoy growing food. And it's just something that, you know, I could turn my back and go, okay, you're on your own. But it's like I am drawn to it. And it gives me this sense of just calm and uh there's something about that nourishing aspect of making food, and I, I, I just I, I'm kind of, I've decided to not have a battle against it anymore. I mean, it's probably 15 minutes out of my time where I could be, I don't know, maybe a couple other yoga postures or something, or you know, writing or something. But I love it so much. It's just where I choose to spend my time.
1: And like, how great is it that you identify that? And it's interesting that you said uh, maybe choosing to do a few more yoga postures or another couple of minutes of writing though doing those things is not going to benefit you if you'd rather be cooking you know like the whole i don't i don't do yoga because the entire time i'm doing yoga i'm thinking when is this going to be over this is uncomfortable i don't enjoy it <laughs> that defeats the purpose of yoga and yeah. so you know i love i really enjoy writing but a few more yoga postures sort of with the energy of i should have or i should or i need to um, doesn't, doesn't do you much good.
0: Yeah. So it kind of, this is, this is such beautiful information. So, um, I want to ask you this question. If you identify that a friend of yours or somebody that's close to you has, you know, an element, let's just say of disordered eating, um, what do you suggest, uh, somebody does to help them?
1: So I write about this in my book because my best friend in college had a pretty severe eating disorder and, it was interesting going through my own experience of food and healing that and then being around somebody who was, I guess, bulimic and anorexic, depending on the time of year. And, you know, I spent nights in the hospital with her because of it. But um, I didn't think about this at the time, but some of the things I did with her and she's, you know, she's thriving with, you know, her health and her masters and her relationship now and her health. So what I did with her was just like release any judgment around fixing her or her experience. Was never my job, and it still isn't as a as a health coach, as a cookbook author, or a friend to fix anybody. It was entrusting that in due time, when she was ready, she would be able to move through this herself. You know, and she did. Um, but again, like taking that first step in your own life, in your own body, with your own health, I just spent a lot of time with her doing things that made it made our experience together light and happy and giggly and fun and loving. We never talked about her experience. We never, you know, when we ate together, I just talked about light things. We had fun. We went out. I brought her grocery shopping with me and joked about how funny two carrots looked stuck together and had her touch the food with me. I had her helping me cook without putting pressure on her or teaching her or showing her how to do anything. I had... Her spend more time with me doing things that made her happy, feel light, feel unconditionally loved and supported in a way that I think freed her up to let that wisdom come through on her own, to, you know, I did my best to set a good example, whatever that meant at the time. But I think first and form- foremost, I didn't try to fix her. I, I know that she has a neat health. There's nothing wrong with her and when she's ready, when her body's ready and when she's Able to handle whatever it is she needs to go through, she will do that. And I think that confidence I had in her, and that kind of goes for any and everyone in your life, whatever they're dealing with. How are they going to have confidence in themselves if nobody around them does?
0: Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great friend, and it's a great way to help. It's a great way to, I mean, I know that. When people have certain addictions or afflictions like that, it gets frustrating for friends and family members, but it's a nice and gentle approach to being able to maybe nudge them a bit so they can trust their own body and trust their own decisions, uh, again, and just being supportive in that process. So I love that. All right. I want to ask you another question. First of all, your book is called Kitchen Intuition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and where can people find it? People can find it on Amazon. At okay. Barnes and
1: Noble, um, right. there's a link on Mark's Daily Apple. Um, there's a link on my Instagram, which is at Kitchen Intuition,
0: and Wonderful. on the Primal Blueprint website. So, do I? Did I, Where? Do, did I, are you? Is there a restaurant opening somewhere here soon? There is, and hopefully, you'll we'll, you know you'll be able to find the book there too.
1: But. Um, My brother and I uh, decided to do what we could with the family business and open a restaurant. So my dad and um, a franchise group started um, basically the Primal Kitchen franchise. And um, we're going to have a restaurant opening in South Bend, Indiana this month. And my brother and I have been working on Primal Kitchen Culver City for the last year. We're almost done with construction hoping to open in August, and it's going to be entirely organic, locally sourced whenever possible, all grass-fed meat, really good quality cooking oils, coconut oil, avocado oil, sunflower oil. We're going to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The entire menu is processed food, gluten, and uh, refined sugar-free. So it's going to be so nice to just walk into a sort of upscale, fast, casual space and be able to order anything on the menu, knowing that, you know, not only was it cooked with love, but cooked with fantastic ingredients by people who are really personally um, involved and affected by this health movement, by this lifestyle and this sort of mindful eating uh, way of living.
0: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love. I, well, first of all, I love it because it's my hood and I'm going to see you and yes. I'm going to wake you up. But I also love it because, you know, you sort of have this. It's not that you're talking out both sides of your mouth, but it's this mindfulness and of this this sort of. But it's also this gentleness, you know, being gentle around your food choices, uh, of the way that you choose to eat. Having and you as you and I both know really well that in different times in our lives with our different influences and what we're going through it, we can, that can look differently. And guess what? It's okay. We're always learning. We're always growing. I got one last question for you. Um, the emotional elements, talk to me about those that shape cravings and deep satisfaction with meals, because I know so many people that struggle with this. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you know from an intuitive perspective.
1: You know, and this is something I certainly deal with every day. Even as I was writing the blog post this morning, I couldn't exactly figure it out if my body was craving the nutrients in almonds or if I was a little bit nervous writing a blog post and I just wanted to inhale half a jar of raw organic almond butter. So I'm still sort of finding finding that line, but I also feel like the most important part of sort of understanding your cravings and emotional eating habits is to just be okay with wherever you are. You know, if you already ate the ice cream, it's really not going to help you to bash yourself for it. If you are choosing to make different decisions in the future, that's a good first step, too. One of the tricks that I use when um, I'm experiencing a craving or I just ate a meal and I'm like, ah, I know I'm probably not hungry, but I'm experiencing hunger right now. I sit there and ask myself for a minute, what is it that I really want? And if I can sort of hold off that craving for 10 minutes and think, all right, 10 minutes from now, if I'm still thinking about this, I'll go for the almond butter. But for now, what is it that I actually want? What is it that almond butter is going to satisfy? Is it smooth and creamy? Is it the taste? Is it a texture? Or is it like just a hug that I want? And sometimes a hug is enough. Sometimes, you know, I usually have experienced food cravings when I'm alone. So to give myself those 10 minutes to just stop and think, what is it that I really want right now? And if at the end of 10 minutes I still want the almond butter, I go for the almond butter and I'm cool with it. But half of that time I can actually think about something else that I might be needing more on more on an emotional level that can be
0: satisfied within me Devin I love you (laughs) I love you too so listen when I see you at the Culver City restaurant I'm going to give you a big fat almond butter hug okay (laughs) yeah I'm I'm so happy about that so Devin uh, pronounce your last name correctly Sisson exactly Sisson. 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 okay Sisson Devin Sisson there she is You know, Mark, move on over. That's all I got to say. Listen, give your dad a big uh, almond butter hug as well. Folks, there you have it. So many ways to be mindful about eating but gentle at the same time. You can use your intuition in the kitchen, and you can learn more about that on Instagram at Kitchen Intuition and also the website primalblueprint.com forward slash kitchen. What would that be? Uh, Kitchen Intuition. Kitchen Intuition. Yes. All right, Devin, it was so wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise uh, and your journey, um, which I'm sure you have so much to discover, and we will definitely want to be along for the ride. So keep us in touch. Folks, this is Dr. Holly Lucille, Mindful Medicine. We will see you all right next time.